Well, listen, today, same like Kristen, we talked about, uh, today we, we talked to other people, I guess, I don't know why we communicate on social media, because no one really communicates. They just tell you your opinion and agree or disagree with you. Anybody on the social media thread trying to just uh, be encouraged or be encouraging to someone? Anybody ever on one? Stay at home moms or professionals, whatever you do, or whomever it might be. Anybody? I am with pastors as well. And a big thing today was the, hey, a lot of pastors are saying, do not mention anything about America or celebrating our independence today. And of course, as a veteran, that slapped me right in the nose. As an American, that slapped me in the nose. Uh, as a pastor, that slaps me right in the nose. Listen, we live in the best country in the world with all her faults. We by far live in the best country in the whole wide world. It is, it is a work of God, the, the country that we live in. So there needs to be a little bit of pride and patriotism in what we have. Wendy and I were driving back from the beach, and we, you know, as the radio stations go out, I shared with the senior adult class this morning. We were flipping through, and National Public Radio, which Congress established years ago, National Public Radio always reads the Declaration of Independence. All the producers read one section of it. And this, uh, this past Friday, we were coming home, and it's raining and static and all that, and we, we found NPR. I was listening to it. And they said, we're going to read the National De- uh, Declaration, I mean, the Declaration of Independence, as we always do, but we're reading it in protest because of all the riots of last year. Some people are hurt by the systemic racism that's found in the Declaration of Independence and because of the critical race theory that we needed to, to talk about. And y'all, they went through and, and apologized for everything about who we are. Now listen, I want to be very clear. My parents, and uh, as far as I know, I don't know who old goes back, who owned slaves or did not own slaves. I was not a slave nor a slave owner. I don't even know any. But I, what, what I do know is God let me, he allowed me to be born in this country. And all of us, no matter where you got, how you got here, where you come from, we inherited it today, inherited what we have. Would you agree? You're here today because somebody paid the price for us to be here today. They might have paid the price in slavery and war and farming. I don't know how they paid it, but they paid the price for us to be here today that we might be free. And we need to get over ourselves and quit being crybabies in society and everybody taking up arms against the very country that God has blessed us with. We need to come to the place today as Christians and say, listen, our God, listen, we, we go back to these men who started this country and these women, there was no, by the way, they, men are mentioned, but there was, no, uh, there was no babies without the mothers. Amen. So it's men and women who founded this country. And listen, if you got a, if you got an issue with the country, <clears throat> there's many for you to choose from. And I would invite you to take off and go there. There's a lot of communist countries that you're welcome to go to. But it, please don't come to me as a Christian and, and complain about this country. Do we have problems? Oh, yes. Even the Declaration of Independence was a cry for justice. Does that sound like today? The Declaration of Independence was a cry for justice from, listen, we're being suppressed. You guys aren't giving us our rights. We're going to declare ourselves independent of you and come here and start afresh under the providential hand of God. You don't have to like that. You don't even have to agree with that. But it tells me you haven't read the Declaration of Independence. Most of you, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but most adults in America have never read what we declared we're independent of. And the words of the day and the colonists, listen, they were colonists. There was no air conditioning when this was written. There were no cars when this was written. You couldn't just jump on social media and tell everybody in the whole world what you were thinking when this was written. You go back to the time and the culture when this was written, people were fighting for their very life, their very fortunes they were putting up, their very families they were putting up, saying, listen, we're all in this thing together. We're going to put it together under the divine providence of, of God. 
and we're going to take off with this thing called United States of America. It's time that we actually teach history properly in America, right? Go back and find out, why are you here today? Why are you sitting in a seat? Why are people watching at home? Why do you have air conditioning at your home? Why do you have all the nice things that we have today? It's because, listen, God's blessed us with those things. Sometimes we just need to say thank you. Yes, there's a mess. Yes, there's sinful people. Every time there's a, a sinful act, it's done by a sinful person. Did you know that? And, and by the way, we just talked about it. All of us are sinful people. What's the last sin you did? You say, well, my sin's no worse than their sin. That's what we justify ourselves, right? Is one sin worse than another? No, the Bible, we're going to talk about it. The book of James, Kristen didn't even know, she's read a part of the scripture that I was reading. And that scripture we read about justice today, justice, I want you to put justice in one hand. Go ahead and hold it in one hand. Hold justice in one hand. And I want you to hold mercy in the other hand. During the whole sermon, I want you to be thinking about, and you can switch them, I don't care. You have that choice, all right? I want you to think about justice and mercy. Somebody does something wrong, they come before the judge, the judge does what? He or she has a choice. That judge can say, the evidence shows that you're guilty, therefore you're going to pay the price and do the time, or, right? The judge can also come back and say, there's problems with the case uh, there's not full evidence here. So uh, even if there was evidence, the judge can show what? Mercy. Have you ever heard somebody saying, I'm throwing, my, I'm throwing myself at the mercy of the court? What are they saying? They're saying, I'm going to tell the truth, hopefully, and get some. I'm, I hope the judge is going to give me a little bit of a, a reprieve, that, and I won't get what I deserve. That's what mercy is today when you read it. So justice in one hand, mercy in the other. Don't let those two, listen, both of those come from God. Some people like to say if or, or, or this or that. It's both and. And it, it comes, both justice and mercy come from God. So when I preach today, whether you're right or wrong, take a notes, put mercy and justice in those corners. And if you need a bull today, the notes are short. And I even had a typo in the, my notes. But I want you to take notes today so you can actually go in and share this with your friends and, and stop all this crazy rhetoric that's happening. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said. You get to choose what you're going to do, but for me and my house, we're going to choose, we're going to choose to serve the Lord. And I'm not going to let people divide me from my friends. Right? You're not going to take me away from my brother and my sisters. Amen. You can say all you want to say, and I hear your foolishness, but you won't divide me. I didn't choose my friends based on what they had or didn't have. I didn't choose my friends based on what color their skin was because we're all of the same eth uh, uh, human race. There's different ethnicities, Right? Adam and Eve still are grandpa and grandma. You can't, you can't fight it. I don't care where you're from on the planet. We all have the same parents, same grandparents. Now, let's get into today's notes, and I'll show you my typo. You probably already found it. But I want you to see a definition of mercy, because today is simply more mercy. That's, that's our message. Mercy is a form of love, especially directed toward the needy or unworthy. That comes from the Thompson Chain Reference New King James Bible definition. A form of love, especially directed towards the needy or the unworthy. God has been revealing his mercy throughout all generations. Today we explore and absorb the word of God. That's our goal. And here's where my typo is. We want more mercy from God. By the way, show me some mercy. Don't, don't criticize me after church. I typed these myself. We want more mercy from God, and we want to be more merciful. And here's, a, here's just a note. You don't earn mercy. You can't earn mercy. Mercy is a gift, just like grace is a gift, and it's a gift from God. But don't, listen, don't forget, I need you to keep in the top corner, 
mercy and justice as we preach today because you're gonna say that sounds mercy less that's justice that sounds like too much mercy you're going overboard well can we ever go overboard with mercy the answer is we can't go overboard we, when we're being like Christ all right let's let's take a dig let's start to James <clears throat> let's go back to that same passage that Christian had James chapter 2 is where I'm gonna be James chapter 2 this happened in the church. This is the message to the Christians. Before we go to, we'll get to Matthew 5 last. But James chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, James sets a precedent for the church. And this happens in the church. This has happened to me in the church today. Uh, the culture that we live in, America especially, people have prejudices. And it could be of any stripe, rich or poor, black or white, Asian. You pick, you pick, a, you pick it, somebody else has an opposing. Would you agree? So let's look into the word of God today. This is what James was being, this is what obviously the church was involved in this. My brothers, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly, that's the church when we're getting together, a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come into a poor man in filthy clothes, you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, hey, brother, why don't you come sit right here, right? That's what it sounds like today. He says here, you come sit in a good place. And you say to the poor man, uh, you stand there or you sit over there at my footstool. See the difference? Two people walking in the same door for the same purpose to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. One is dressed nicer than the others. And we choose many times in the church, if we're not careful, because this is to brothers and sisters. This is not to the lost people, because we know lost people do this. They're supposed to. They're supposed to sin. That's what sinners do. They're professionals. You and I were one, right? We still are. But this is somebody walking into the assembly, to the house of God, if you would, today. Come in these doors today. One's dressed nice, and we say, hey, you come sit up front. The pastor wants your, uh, this has happened to me, the pastor requests your attention at the front of the church. And, uh, and no, I'm not, I'm going to sit back here. Well, no, the pastor wants you up. Had some, <clears throat> one church, I had three people come and tell me the pastor wanted me to come sit down front. And I was with someone else who wanted to go to this church that particular day. And uh, he wanted to racial, he racially reconcile what he had, had issues with his whole life. And I said, brother, I took care of that one at the cross, right? When Jesus saved me, uh, anything you need to reconcile, that comes in reconciling sin, reconciling the differences, whatever it might be, rich or poor, name it. God does that for you if you let, allow that to happen. And the guy with me said, if you send another person over here, we're leaving. <laughs> This very thing happened to me in a church here in Aiken. Watch what happens. Verse 5, here's the truth. Listen, my beloved brother. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in the faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? The answer is what? Yes. But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you, really fulfill, if you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You will do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as a transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of it all. For he, said, who, for he who said, and this is the Lord, do not commit adultery, all said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak, and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. 
Isn't that a wonderful word? That's for you and me today, a word for us giving mercy, but also receiving the mercy from God. You want God's judgment? Don't receive his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. You'll get all the judgment you want. We judge ourselves many times. We feel <clears throat> convicted that we're doing wrong, that we're sinful, and I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have went there, should have not taken that action. It happens to all of us many times in life because we live in these bodies that war against the Spirit of God. But James is clearly issues a warning of not expressing true mercy in this life. If someone will not receive and give God's mercy, then that same one will receive God's judgment. God's mercy is he, and we'll see this when we finish today, he extends the gift of grace to you saying, receive my son Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You say, not today, Lord. What you're really saying is, I don't want your mercy. I'll take your judgment. Bring it on. And God's going, oh no. He's chewing his fingernails up in heaven going, that man stood up against me. That woman stood up against me. Do you think that's our God that we serve? Holy God? You think he's worried about some, some human who, re, who disrespects him? He loves them, yes, because they were his creation. But he is not their father. Make sure you get this straight in our culture today. Everybody says we're under the fathership of God. We are not. Because Jesus himself differentiated, did he not? We are all created by the same God, Right? Five fingers, five toes on each hand, right? That's short. Well, no toes on the hand, but five fingers, five fingers, five toes, five toes. If you got six, that's a bonus buy, all right? If you're missing some, sorry. But most people have five and five and five and five. Isn't that right? Most people. You got 10, 12. There was a guy in the Bible who had six fingers, Goliath's brother. Did y'all ever read that? And six toes on each foot. It's in the Bible. It's kind of a cool story. Side note. But I want you to understand when we come to this place, all of us not under the fatherhood of God. That's preached today as if it's a matter of fact. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are of your father whom? The devil. So there's a fatherhood of God and there's a fatherhood of the devil. We're all created by God, but he's not everybody's father. So don't go out there and mix with people and say, listen, we're all just in this thing together. We're all just, we're all just, God's just getting us through. Whichever way you choose, whichever path you go, that's going to lead you to God. Well, it will. But some of us are going to end up on the narrow path, the narrow gate. It's very narrow. And few there who go by, Jesus said in Matthew 7. The narrow way is the hard way. The narrow way comes with little briars and bushes on the way that's going to stick you and poke you. It's going to come with people making fun of you because the highway is going by you upstairs going, laughing at you. Hey, y'all should have took this way. This is the easy route. This lets me do anything I want to do. This lets me judge those I want to judge. No mercy up here. We don't have to give it. Or we can give it. We want to. But we're trying to be more like Jesus. Fools. And who are the fools many times in that roadway? People on the narrow way or people on the broad way? You haven't read Matthew 7. People on the narrow way are going to heaven. People on the broad way are going to hell. These people are going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ as their redeemer, as their savior. They're going to receive the mercies of God. These people on the broad way are going to die and go to hell. They're going to meet God as their judge. That's what the cross was all about. It was a dividing time in history. It was a dividing time in the fork of, of the river of sin, saying, come this way, everyone who wishes to be saved, you come in, I'm drawing you to myself. Receive the mercies of God. Receive Jesus Christ today. That's what God was saying with history with the cross. And so many people are mocking the cross today. They're mocking the name of Jesus Christ, and they're going to pay that price for being on the broad way. They will die and be separated from God for all eternity. 
That's your friends and my friends, your family, my family, everyone who profanes the name of God, who turns away from the Lord Jesus Christ, says, I won't do that. You don't know me. I don't have to do that. They're going to find out, right? We don't owe them anything besides to be merciful to them and share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the Declaration of Independence, we're not going to read it today because it is a long, it's a fighting statement. If y'all ever read it, I wish that, I never, I never, I should have read it through as a boot camp. I would have trained harder. It's a fighting statement. It makes it just to get you fired up. If you, ever, if you have any inclination to fight at all, read the Declaration of Independence and just shout it out when you read it. It's like, yeah, let's go. I'm ready to do this again, right? If you, it, it, it is a true statement of, but it's from a humble point when you read it. Look, listen to the preamble. Y'all know the preamble of the Declaration of Independence? You had to memorize this, right? Used to have to memorize this. I don't know if students are doing this today. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This was what were, these men and women were after. Men, obviously speaking, but the wives they're supporting and so many other aspects of the, of, of the hum, humankind, if you will, fighting for something they believed in. The first paragraph is very clear. That Listen, the preamble, I should say, is very clear that they pointed to our creator gives us our rights. Did they do the rights properly? <clears throat> no, there was slavery after this. These are sinful people trying to look to a holy God and trying to set up something that they can't explain. They did wrong still. Obviously, when it, without history, there's, there's so many mistakes because they were sinful people. They still sinned against God because they were sinful people. Guess what? You and I do the same thing today. Imagine if you had a responsibility of starting the United States of America. Yeah, don't talk trash to them until you live in their shoes, right? You can't go back and try to bring a 21st century answer to a, a problem when we first started. It, it doesn't equate. You can't take a 21st century answer and apply it to a biblical truth unless it applies today to God's moral standard or something that applies to us today. So don't be quick to judge. Don't be even quick to speak about it until you walk back in those days. Go to, go to uh, Colonial Williamsburg and then go out there and declare on the streets when you're wearing big old baggy dresses and pants and oh, pizza box hats and carrying a musket. You go back over there and then you try to describe today how hard it is to found this country and how, how many rights we have today. Your rights didn't come from this government or those men. Your rights came from God as they announced in the Declaration of Independence. Our creator is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where your rights and my rights come from. I don't depend on Joe Biden for anything. I don't even talk about Joe Biden except in my prayers because not a very good topic, but also he's, 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 our, he's our president, so I have to pray for him. And I pray for him, and I bite my tongue constantly because I'm a sinful man who don't like the president of the United States of America. I don't necessarily don't like him. I don't like his ways. I don't like his, his policies. But my responsibility is to not air my grievances against him unless it sins against the church. But I air my grievances to the one who gave him his very rights to be the president of the United States of America because the Bible says that God ordains the government. How does that sit with you if you like uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden? He said, Pastor, I shouldn't talk about those things. We shouldn't be political. Yes, we should. That's how this country founded. God wants you and me to be involved in government. We keep pulling away from government. Guess who's taking the void, filling the void of government? Our children aren't being trained to be lawyers. Our children aren't being trained to be servants of the community and of culture. And so when we step back as Christians and we shouldn't get involved in politics, we just let the vacuum close on us with every sinful person who's debased. You got people who, men who say they're women, 
trying to run health and human services. Yo, is anybody funding anything crazy about that? Male athletes competing as women in the Olympics? Does that blow anybody's mind? There's a word in the Bible, stupid, right? How stupid can you be? I'm a woman. Go see your doctor in about 3.3 seconds and he'll he'll tell you who you are, what you are, if you're confused. In the beginning, God made male and female, the Bible says. He created Adam and he created Eve. And they had offspring and they were male and female. And they have always been male and female to the end of time. Humans can't be anything else but male or female unless there's obviously some abnormal births. There's some defects that happen at birth. But it doesn't matter what your professor says. It doesn't matter what people are saying on social media. You're either a man or a woman or a boy or a girl. Say that out there. I'll sit out there. I'm sure they're gonna be, they'll be marching and trying to arrest us one of these days. But here's the deal. We'll sit by the truth what God says. I don't care what people say. If we're going to do it God's way, we're going to get what? God's result. That's what these people who founded this country were after. That's what Jesus is trying to get you and me to understand. Listen, I'm trying to tell you, be more and more like me. Be like Jesus. Don't be like the crowd. Don't be like the people. Well, let me do this. Judge without, this was the call of justice, the last paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. And it happens to be the 4th of July. And we have to be talking about mercy. You think God planned this day for us? I think he did. Here's the last paragraph. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress, assembled appealing to, here's who they appeal to. If, you're, if you want justice, who do you appeal to? You, to the judge. If you want justice, it comes by way of the judge. And who did they appeal to? They've already told Great Britain what we're going to do. They've already said, listen, and they said a few more strong things, right? But then who did they appeal to? Not to the king sitting on a throne somewhere over a man-made throne. They appealed to the supreme king, to the supreme judge. This is the words. Appealing to the supreme judge of the world. Can it get any better than that? Can it get any better than that? Y'all care more about the Supreme Court rulings than you do about the Supreme Judge rulings. Y'all, the Supreme Court is at the mercy of the Supreme Judge, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. You got a problem, don't worry about what's tied up in the courts. Go straight to the throne, skip the Supreme Court, and go straight to the Supreme Judge. That's where our problems are handled today. That's where the church finds its fight today. That's why we get involved in politics and and in education and everything we stick our nose into because the Lord Jesus Christ has told us to. He's gone before us. He created government. Do you think he wants his Christian people to be in government? Or does he want a lost world running the government so they can actually punish his church? You don't understand how God works. If God ordained government... Let me, let me erase that for a second. Did God ordain the church? Does God want Christians in his church fellowshipping together? Yes. Hebrews 10.25 says, Forsake not your assembling of yourselves together, as some have done so. So do you think God wanted us to come together as a church? Yes? And God ordains the government. Do you think God wants us to get involved in the government? So don't come and talk about politics. Oh, we can't talk about that at our house. You should be talking about government. You should be talking about politics. You should be talking about the church house. You should be talking about judgment. You should be talking about mercies. You should be telling the truth as God has spoken the truth in his word. The problem is not with God. 
The problem's not with his word. The problem is with his church. It's you and me who won't show mercy. It's you and me who won't call out for justice. It's you and me who won't spend time in prayer asking God to do something that only he can do. We complain times are getting rough. I remember when I was a kid, you're not a kid anymore if you're not a kid today. Quit talking about times past and talk about the present future. God has plans for us in this day and time that we live. Listen, it's a great day to live in this dark world because the Bible says, let your light so shine before men they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. The darker it gets, the brighter your light looks. Amen? Get to work, church. In Exodus 34, look what the Lord says. God made a clear and definitive statement about himself. This is God speaking about himself. God's presence calls Moses to worship. Watch what happens. He calls him to worship. Over in Exodus, let's go there together. Exodus 34. 34, beginning in verse 1. This is what the Lord says. This is after Moses has come off the mountain. He's, he came cruising down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments. He sees the children of Israel, the people of Israel. They're living in an idolatrous way. They've taken their jewelry off. They've had this golden calf. They said, we pulled off, and Aaron says, we just pulled our jewelry and put it in the fire, and out come this calf. Does that sound like a five-year-old statement? It's a grown man saying that. Just, it just popped right out. And Moses takes the calf, the golden calf, he burns it to ashes, and the Bible says he forces the people to drink it. I don't know how he did that. Could you imagine how nasty that would be? I don't know what gold, burnt gold tastes like, but he forced the people to drink that nasty stuff to see how nasty it was before God. So he goes back up the mountain, because watch what happens. This is, the, this is the Lord God speaking about himself. If this doesn't get you excited, nothing on this planet can. Uh, Exodus 34, 1. And the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. So there were 20 commandments, right? But there were duplicates. All right. So be ready in the morning and come up on them in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. Where does God want him to meet? On the top of the mountain. All right, Moses is about to have a mountaintop experience. Here we go. Watch what happens. Verse 3, and no man shall come up with you and let no one be seen throughout all the mountain. Let neither flocks nor herds feed before that mountain. So he cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. And then Moses rose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai, and the Lord, as the Lord had commanded him, and he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. Listen, mark this in your Bible if you don't have it marked. This is an awesome word from the Lord. This is the Lord talking about himself. Verse 6, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, that sin, and transgression, that sin, by no means clearing the guilty. Remember, he's still a God of justice. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head before, toward the earth and worshiped. Then he said, if now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquities and our sin, and take us as your inheritance. Now that was the specific to the people of, of Israel. 
But is God still the same God today? The Bible says he never changes. He's full of mercy. He brings about justice in our life today. This is the God that you and I serve. He's not some old dead old man up in heaven, barely can make it. He's not the man upstairs. He's holy God. He's the supreme judge. He's the creator of all creation. There is nothing that has been created that he did not create. That's the God that we serve. That's the confidence that we have to speak the truth. That's why we can stand in the pulpit. That's why we can stand in the street. That's why we can go to work, go to school, go to college, wherever God calls us to go, and we can speak the truth in love. Will it offend people? Oh, it's going to offend you. There's people who write me emails constantly. You offended me this Sunday. We ain't never come back to your church. Well, I got news for you. It's not my church, number one. That should have been an amen, right? It's the Lord Jesus Christ, the church. The Bible says he's the head of the church, of all churches, no matter what the science is out front. And I don't want to offend you. If it's my words that offend you, I apologize. But if the God's word offends you, I don't care. That's take it up with him. We have problems with God's words today. We don't have a problem with God's many messengers many times if we speak his word. When we read directly from his word, watch. And this is children in the room, I know. But what does God say about homosexuality? No, 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 no. He didn't call it just a sin. He calls it an abomination. An abomination. You say, well, I don't like that. It offends me. Take it up with God. In the beginning, he created male and female. Romans 1, he says, males don't leave the natural for other males. Women don't leave the natural for other women. This is God who says this. And for the people today, listen, it used to be a, a mental illness, and it still is. No, it's a sin choice. Of people saying, I'm a man, I'm a woman, if they're transgender or multigendered. What's going to happen when somebody says, I'm a piglet? I'm, I'm very serious. Listen, the day's coming where you can name yourself anything and call yourself that, and you're crazy as a bull bat, and they'll say, okay, that's right, let's just give them a privilege of that. Y'all know what a bull bat is, don't you? Adrian knows. Bull bat, bull bat, come get your straw hat, your house is on fire. We used to sing in my grandma's street light and throw dirt clots at bull bat. Steve, you remember that? Nate, do you remember that? Sorry. Steve, you remember it? Yeah, see, I got a witness. Remember the time we caught the bat and put it in the car? He got out in the car? Yeah. Y'all check my stories with my family sometimes. Some of the stories would tell. That's how crazy people are. By the way, in, in case you want to know this, if you want to have this discussion, y'all have heard of the World Health Organization, have you not? Still list transgenderism as a um, uh, mental health issue in the manual. The 2021 manual says it's a health, it's a mental health issue. The people have lost their mind because they're saying there's something else they're not. They've changed it for 2022 because the political pressure has been put on them. So now they've changed the manual for 2022. But as of today, the World Health Organization says you have a mental illness if you are transgender. This pastor saying you are living in dead sin, standing before God saying, you didn't make me right. You messed me up. I am the opposite. You think God's going, oh, no, I'm. He's a holy God. You are a sinful being. You stand up against holy God saying, I don't like your ways. My ways are better than your ways. What do you think God's thinking? Does he still love you? Yes. And he's going to give you his mercy. He's going to constantly call you to himself. Hey, you better listen to that person. They're speaking the truth in love. They want you to do right. They want you to be right before holy God. Listen to what they're saying. I don't want to listen because I want to live it my way. 
You, we all want to do it our way, don't we? And you can sing that song all you want to. You did it your way. But when you die, you're going to face judgment God's way. And you're going to face him as your judge, and he's going to, for, yo, think for a second. Forever in hell, forever separated from God. Should we be telling our friends and family the truth in love? Should we be telling our enemies the truth in love? Should we have mercy like God had mercy on us and tell them, listen, he's a loving God, but he's going to judge you if you don't change your ways. We must preach this truth in the word of God. Let me go quicker. In First Chronicles 16, 34, King David in thanksgiving to God broke out in worship. God's mercy had the king's focus on eternity. God will never stop his loving kindness. Isn't that great news today? God will never stop loving you. Even in judgment, when he, when he gives justice to those who deserve it because they refuse Jesus, you can have, listen, you can have justice in Jesus or you can have justice by yourself and then the supreme judge is going to judge you on that. You see what he did to Jesus? The Bible says his wrath was poured upon his son. Do you think God's going to do lighter work for you? All of our sins were put on Jesus that day. But if we choose to reject Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven, the only gift that God gave us whereby we must be saved, the only name by which we must be saved, what do you think the judgment of hellfire is going to be like? Can't even fathom it. King David prays. David gave us wonderful insight into the nature of God. David prayed thanksgiving, thanksgiving thanking God for his mercy. Look at Psalm 86. This is a great... David's just in... He's in party mode, and he's not in drunken party mode. He's in party mode because he loves the Lord Jesus Christ. He's so excited. Listen, is he dancing? Oh, he's dancing. Can Christians dance today? We were told so growing up, don't do that. We're also told you can't fish, can't breathe hard on Sunday afternoon. There are all these rules which you can't do. Anybody? Who could not do anything on Sunday afternoon growing up? You were told it was, anybody told it was the Christian Sabbath? It doesn't exist in the Bible. There's no Christian Sabbath. Jesus even told the Pharisees, hey, you guys have got it wrong. God created the day so that the man could rest. He did not create man for the day. We flipped it. I grew up with it flipped. I was created for Sunday to do nothing but cocoon, right? This, right? Go to church, come home, eat dinner. Why mom had to cook every Sunday, I don't know, but that was... And even at 6 o'clock, even the Jewish Sabbath is over at 6 the next day, 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. Y'all know that, right? But at 6 o'clock, we couldn't do anything else either. Like, our, we, Christian Sabbath went like overtime, like soccer. It just never stopped. It just, just went more time. Like, we're at more time on the clock. Well, if I'd been a good legalist, I could have said, Dad, it's over at 6. At 6.01, I should be able to wash the car and play and have fun with my friends and do all the things. But that wasn't the case. He whipped us on the Sabbath, right? Christians, I got beaten on Sunday, after church Sunday morning and Sunday night. That's work. I've whipped my children before. That's work. Psalm 86, look what David says, verse 1. Bow down your ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am, for I am holy. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Be merciful to me, O Lord. For I cry to you all day long, rejoice the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. And then he asks, Lord, give ear to my prayer, O Lord. 
Do you see the God that we serve? What is God's choice? His choice is that he loves you and he wants you for his kingdom. He wants you to be his child. He's constantly trying to say, listen, no matter how it's said, no matter how it's sung, no matter how it's prayed, listen to what's being said. I want you for my own. I want to give you the good things. The king of the universe wants to give you the kingdom. Isn't that amazing to think about? This is the God that we serve. He loves us that much. And we say, oh, but I'm a sinner. Yes, you, okay, let's get past that. Are you a sinner? Let's do this in case you have issues with yourself today. If you're a sinner, ever been a sinner, currently a sinner, or will be a sinner, raise your hand. Just raise your hand so everybody in the church can get their psyche on right, right? We all are. But thank God for forgiveness and for mercy. And when he saves us and he gives us a new life, that we can stand and we can proclaim what he proclaims, that he loves me and that he's prepared a place for me. And if he's prepared a place for me, he's coming back to get me, that where he is, I may be also. That's good news. Listen, today, that's good news. Let's look. David clearly teaches us how to express our love to God in this brief life we are given. Psalm 103, I won't go there. Jeremiah shouts throughout time, God loves us. God loves us. God loves us. God is faithful. God is faithful. Look what it says in Lamentations. That's, that's, a, that's some white pages in your Bible you don't read off, right? They look nice and clean. Turn to Lamentations. And if you don't know where it is, take the front of your Bible. And don't let nobody beside you think like they're, they're looking too. They're like, I'm hoping I hit it. Lamentations, take your table of contents. Go ahead, take your table of contents. Let's do this together. Take your Bible to the very front. We're almost finished. Take your Bible to the table of contents. Don't ever not use your Bible because you're embarrassed that you don't know where stuff is. Because there have been people in the church a long time that don't use their Bible. They don't know where it is either. They just like turn like this. They're like, Lamentations, Old Testament, somewhere about right there. All right? That's not where it is. All right? Look in your, look in your, look in your book. Old Testament. What page is Lamentations on? When I say three, I want you to call it out. What page number yours is on? Ready? One, two, three. 1,057. All right, use your table of contents and turn to that page. That's what Jeremiah's writing, right? What is Jeremiah known as? The crybaby prophet. No, I'm just kidding. The weeping prophet, right? I used to think it was a crybaby because he, cried, he wept all the time when I was a kid. I used to hear a preacher say he's the weeping prophet. I'm a big crybaby. Who wants to read those books? I ain't reading Jeremiah or Lamentation my whole life. Grown man crying like that. But then I realized what happened to him. He had a right because he was crying out for the justice of God and the mercies of God. If you read it, it's a sweet, sweet two books. Here's what he says. Listen, listen, you think you knew something about the Lord? Lamentations 3, beginning verse 21. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Let me ask you a question. When do you recall most things to your mind? When do you recall most things to your mind? When, when do you really kind of think about things? Anybody have it whenever you lay down in the nighttime and you finally get to rest and you're just getting ready to go to sleep? That's not my time. I just go straight to sleep. But in the mornings when I wake up, all these things that are brought to my mind. I think it happens at nighttime as well. But all these things that are brought to my mind, how good God is. Did you wake up this morning and tell God how good he was? Did you wake up this morning praising him for, for all the goodness that you have because the air condition is working or it's also cool outside? Did you praise him for the food that you had this morning or you will have today? Did you praise him and thank you for living in a country where we have the freedom to speak to each other in love and we can go down any state, right? We don't have to stop at each state and get a police check every state unless you're speeding, all right? But you don't have to stop at the gate to go to Georgia. You go overseas, you'll stop at every point when another country, you'll pray a bribe to get into that country. 
Every time you stop, Nicaragua to Honduras, you stop, $17 is what it costs to cross over. It's just a bribe you pay, taxes, fees, whatever it might be. In Africa, the same way, Kenya, the same way. You drive, you drive so far, there'll just be random police stops. $20 bill gets you out of all of it. U.S. 20. If you've never traveled overseas, you'll find out, listen, they don't have it as good as we have it today in America. That's because most of you haven't traveled. I hope that's going to change. COVID's lifting. We're going on mission. We're going to go see some of this stuff. We're ready for some, for some mission work that God's called us outside of Aiken. Get your passport today because we're going. And when you go, no, it's not like America. It's not the same. You'll see how God has blessed this country. Lamentations, he says, when this comes to my mind, here's what I think about. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. Does God's compassion ever fail? Not based on his word, amen? God's not dead. If he's not dead, his compassions can't fail. If his compassions can't fail, he's not dead. Y'all understand that logic? Say that again. Everybody don't understand. Let me just shorten it. God's not dead. God will never die. And his compassions will never end. That's the holy God that we serve. Oh, how we love him. Verse 23, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Can you say that? The Lord is my portion, says my what? Soul, that's the thing in you that he saved. Therefore, I hope in him. Don't hope in that next job. Don't hope in that spouse. Don't hope in your children. Don't hope in anybody else but him. The Lord God. Our hope is in him. You trust in him, you're going to have his favor. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that the one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And you continue to read what, Je what the Jeremiah is saying is good. He's good. His compassions are new every single morning. He piles on the mercies. This morning when I was getting ready to preach, I'm thinking, Lord, thank you for your compassions today. They're new every day. Thank you for your mercies today, Lord. You saved a crazy person like me. And then I turn back around and say, Lord, sorry to call myself crazy, but you made me, right? Amen? And when he made me in my mother's room, he, he, he made me really tight. And when, he, when I came out, I just, I'm still unraveling after all those years like a top. Some of you are quiet and you don't understand me. That's my wife. She don't understand me. This week we were on vacation. I had a couple days off at the beach and I got really upset because we got locked out during a tropical storm. We're sitting on the front porch. It's raining on me and she's in the car waiting on maintenance. I said, I'm going back up there. I'm going to let them know. Doggone, they're going to give me a tool. I'll fix this thing myself. She said, what are you preaching about Sunday? <laughs> she pulled out the mercy sword and stuck me with it, right? So we sat for one hour waiting. We told him, obviously we shared, but one hour waiting. But let me tell you something funny. We were in a restaurant and the lady, when he said, can I get that steak blackened? And the woman said, no. Just walked off and said no to her. And she goes, she turned a little bit redder than she was. She goes, it says on the menu, you can have it blackened. I was like, what am I preaching about Sunday? It's good to remind each other about the mercies of God, right? Be merciful because we're getting ready to what Jesus says. Let's go back and see Matthew 7 and finally get there. 5, 7, excuse me. Matthew chapter 5, let's get there. We can't leave without our Lord speaking directly to our hearts, right? And what does he say to our hearts today? Matthew chapter 5. Jeremiah, by the way, shouts throughout. He loves us. Jesus uh, pronounced a blessing from God 
on the believer's life if we are merciful. Look what he says. It's such a good word from God. Here's what the Lord says to us. And seeing the multitudes, I'm starting in verse 1, reading to verse 7. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, he, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And finally today, we'll finish here. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain what church? Mercy. Where's the mercy source? The throne of God through Christ. That's exactly right. That's what we have. I want to finish today, and listen, I want you to give you one scripture. If you're taking notes, I want you to read this when you get home and meditate on this. Let your mind go back deep in this and marinate, saturate on this. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Write that down and work on that verse in your heart and let your brain just maturate on that saying, this is how it all started. This is who he is, and this is how it's going to finish. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Y'all know what the Declaration of Independence called? The men wrote down what God was called, and they called him what? The Supreme Judge. They also call him, they speak of divine providence, and they also speak of the Creator. Supreme Judge, I got news for you today, and there's a passage of Scripture, if you haven't ever read it, in Hebrews 9.27, it says, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, what? The judgment by the Supreme Judge. You have an appointment. You're on God's calendar. All of us are, young, middle-aged, old. We all have a calendar on God's appointment. The judge's calendar, his docket is full. He's going to stand supreme judge because he never takes a seat. The Bible says he never even takes a nap. He's always watching. We're going to be judged on what we say because do you know what the words that you say or your fingers type comes from where? Comes from your heart and your head, right? Whatever's in the, comes out the mouth, comes out the heart. You're going to be judged for your words that you say. You're going to be judged for the things that you do or don't do, the deeds that he gives us to do because he says we've been given the responsibility of Ephesians 2.10, he's been giving us good works to do. And if you don't do the good works, you're not going to get the good rewards from God. He's going, to have to, he's going to speak clearly. He's not like that person that you're embarrassed to say something wrong to, right? You ever have a friend and you have something right here on your face, you just got through eating a pastry and a friend comes up and says, hey, you got a little something right there? You got something in your teeth? Anybody ever do that? You don't have any friends like that? Y'all ain't got good friends then. One day always says, I got anything in my teeth? When she goes to talk to somebody, I'm like, yeah, there's some gums in there and there's some pink stuff going on. That's a good friend, right? Some of you look at some other stuff, the cabbage sticking out, they won't say a thing. Like, I don't want to judge that person, right? <laughs> friends tell friends, right? They'll say anything to each other, right? You need to get over yourself. You need to lose some weight. You need to gain some weight. You need to just name it. We'll say it to friends, won't we? You shouldn't have said that. After church today, my wife is going to tell me several things I shouldn't have said today. <laughs> she's my wife, but she's also my friend, right? She's my best friend, and I love her. But here's what we need to do as brothers and sisters in Christ. We got to say the right things before God, right? If he speaks on the subject, we say what he says. We just take his notes, and his notes are called what? The Bible. 
So today, let's express, let's express mercy to those who need it today. Those who can't help themselves, let's give mercy. And those who are in trouble and they deserve justice, let's apply mercy as best we can, but let's also call out for justice for what it should be. True justice found in God. There's mercy and there's justice. Both of those come from God, the Supreme Judge. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. And Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. Lord, I'm thankful that salvation happens and then, Lord, you keep working on our hearts and our heads through your word and through circumstances, through godly advice, through those good, godly people that work in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you don't give up on us, that you continue to work and grow us to be more and more like Jesus. Lord, help us to be merciful. Help us be slow to anger, slow to speak, quick to listen. Let us be the people of God you want us to be. You made us to be. That we might, Lord, change this world for Jesus. That when they see us as Christians, as the church, they won't see us divided from each other. They'll see us united with one another because we put you first, because we love you. Thank you for loving us. We love you today. We proclaim that you are good. We proclaim that you are merciful and that you're a holy God. And we tell you that we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.